I'm so pleased to introduce Lisa Carmen Wang. Thank you so much for coming on today with Rise. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. How are you? I am amazing. So what part of the world are you in? I am currently in Miami. I actually just moved here after a decade of living in New York and loving the change of pace, the more amount of space that I have available to me, the sun. I love Miami. It's gorgeous there. The weather, the vibe, the food, you can't go wrong. So you are the founder of Bad Bitch Empire, and we're going to talk about that and what that means. But I have to ask, how did you make this leap from gymnastics into what you are doing now? Yeah. So I was a gymnast for a decade of my life. I started when I was nine years old. And when I was nine years old, I said to myself, I am going to the Olympics. And I had no reason to believe that because I certainly was not the most talented girl on the team, but I just had a vision for myself. And starting from nine years old to have that decade long dream and say, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to be in my path, but that's what I want, um, really has set the standard in terms of my ability to have discipline, to focus, and to not be afraid to dream big. And one of the most valuable skills I learned from gymnastics was the ability to fall and get back up again. And there's nothing quite like the pain and shame and humiliation when you fall on your face in front of hundreds of thousands of people and have to somehow find the strength within you to put a smile on your face, get back up and keep going. And that exact skill is the same skill that I've used in entrepreneurship as an investor because it doesn't matter you know, what happens, there's always the lows. Um, and we often hear the high, we see the highlight reel, but what we don't really know or realize is that what defines you is how you get up from the lows, how you face those difficult moments. And so, you know, I was a gymnast for 10 years. I retired when I was 19 years old. Um, I ended up going to, uh, I was alternate for the 2008 Olympic games, but I was also four-time USA national champion. I was a Pan American games champion, which was the Olympics of North and South America. And, um, after I retired from the sport, I, I said, I want to, I've dedicated a whole decade of my life to performing physically. Now I want to find that intellectual passion, you know, that greater mission. And it was really, really hard to find one thing they don't talk about as athletes, especially if you've been an intensive athlete, is the depression that ensues when you have had your identity tied to one thing. Like I was a gymnast. Now that I don't have gymnastics, who am I? And so that was a really hard struggle for me as I was trying to find my next passion, that next fire. And I didn't find it in college. I tried seven different majors. I ended up doing literature because I just love to read. And I started my first job out of college in Wall Street. So I was at a hedge fund in New York. And I realized really quickly that I was not meant to work for mediocre men. <laughs> and more so than that was I was meant to make a great impact. And I could not possibly make that impact if I was just a cog in the wheel you know, at, at a big fund where there were a lot of big fishes. And so I wanted the creative freedom to do 
to create my own vision. And even though I didn't know what that was yet. So I took the leap into entrepreneurship, even though everyone told me I was crazy to give up such a good job. And I had to follow my heart to do it, even though I didn't know how to incorporate a company. I didn't even know what idea I wanted to pursue. I just said, as long as I keep moving, I trust that I will pick myself back up again, no matter how many times I fall. So again, it goes back to that trust in myself. And I ended up uh, starting my first startup, which was a late night munchies delivery company. <laughs> I call it <laughs> I call it my starter startup. And I think every entrepreneur should have a starter startup where you make all your mistakes, realize what you don't love to do, and then you find the thing that you love. Yeah. And I found that in uh, empowering women and in finding my community of women. And I started my previous company, She Works, which was a community of over 20,000 female entrepreneurs before the Me Too movement had started and there was no real conversation about the funding gap. And that company grew and was ultimately acquired in 2019 by a billion dollar fintech company. And um, you know, fast forward to where I am today, I became an investor, an angel investor in female-led startups, only to realize that still only 2% of funding goes to women. But one of the big problems is that if you want more women funded, you need more women check writers. So I, I created the Bad Bitch Empire to uh, to help train more women to invest, to think about money and wealth in a very different, unapologetic way, because the I think money is just energy. And again, a lot of women have fear around losing money, not being able to get back up again. And it all ties back to that gymnastic strength of whether it's money, whether it's failure, whether it's rejection, that unapologetic self-worth and belief in yourself is the thing that allows you to face any sort of challenge, create any sort of dream for yourself and just bet on yourself no matter what. Wow. I, I, I don't, I, I like you just said so many different things all at one time. So I'm going to try and backtrack. So first of all, congratulations to you on all the many accomplishments, but the very first thing that you spoke of is people see the highlights, but they don't see the behind the scenes of all the different things that you went through to get to that yeah. next level in your life. And then you decided to change completely what you were doing, enter into a male-dominated field on Wall Street because I know it is still to this day very male-dominated. And and here you are now as this bad bitch. I mean, that's right. I mean, is that politically correct to say you are doing, you're very young. We discussed that pre-show. Um, and I was very shocked by your age because I told you earlier, you look so young and then you revealed your true age, but you're still young and you've done all these different things and you're continuing to do so. And lastly, you're right. If women are not creating the space and writing the checks, it won't change. So those are some major things for those who are watching and listening today. You just dropped some heavy nuggets for sure. So. With that said, what do you think besides, you know, because it goes back to women always doubt themselves in terms of I don't have the education, I don't have the funding, I don't have the connections. What do you say to those women who want to do something so big, but they really just, they don't know where to start? Where, where do they start? 
So a big part of what I teach, and this is also in my book, The Bad Bitch Business Bible that's just coming out, is really around breaking free of good girl brainwashing. And good girl brainwashing are all the societal and media messages that train women to stay small, subordinate, and silent. And it trains us to diminish ourselves for the sake of other people's comfort. It trains us to be afraid of failure so that we don't dream big and that we end up working for other people's dreams for mediocre pay. And it trains us to settle for a life that is less than our greatest potential because we feel afraid to be our biggest, boldest, most unapologetic bad bitch selves. And I would first ask a woman who is perhaps doubting herself, what are the repetitive thought patterns in your head that continue to show up that tell you you are not worth it? So a lot of those thought patterns, for example, tend to be, I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not deserving. I'm not X enough. You know, I'm not smart enough, courageous enough, brave enough, prepared enough whatever that enough is for you, there's a lack of enoughness. I can't be too selfish. I can't be too greedy. I can't be perceived as self-promotional. Mm-hmm. All of these thought patterns are effectively self-sabotaging. And they are anchored on other people's opinions of you. Because if you even think about this, it's I don't want to seem selfish. I don't want to seem greedy. Well, to who, right? And to like, who is it that's telling you that if you know that you're, that you're not greedy and you know that you are a really generous, kind, impact-driven woman, then why would you be afraid that other people would think that about you? And also, so what if they think that about you if you know you're doing the right thing? And so I, I talk about something called the enoughness moment. And the enoughness moment is the moment at which you realize that the impact that you could make is greater than your own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And in fact, your insecurities are the most selfish thing. Because if you are allowing your insecurities and your self-doubt to drive you and prevent you from actually going out there and following your dreams, you are actually robbing the world of your gifts and your potential. And so if you think about if you believe, if you genuinely believe that your work is here to help others or that you're meant to create something to inspire or empower, then yeah, you're really doing a disservice to the world by keeping it to yourself and being mired in these like really selfish insecurities and selfish doubts of yourself. And and you I, I like to also think about it as like imagine you're a best, you are your own best friend. You are your own best hype woman, right? You would never tell your your best friend that you genuinely care for. Actually, I don't think you're good enough to go for your dreams. So maybe right. you should just go sit over in that corner and pout. <laughs> like, um, you would you would absolutely champion her. So you have to start seeing yourself as your own best friend and not your own worst enemy. Let's talk about um, Web3. Uh, so I know that you think and say and believe, and I wholeheartedly agree with this, that women need to take a seat at the table in the world of Web3. And I was wondering if you could share why you think that, believe that, and share that and and speak of that. And what does that even mean? A lot of people don't even understand what Web3 is anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, Web3 is very convoluted now with crypto bros. And mm -hmm. I do want to make a differentiation that Web3 is not just crypto mm -hmm. because crypto is a lot of the, you know, the scamming, the fraud and the inflated prices of shit coins, as they call them. Um, and what what Web3 really is, is a new kind of infrastructure that is decentralized, meaning that they're they are trying to remove the middleman. Mm -hmm. um, and usually in our current institution, we have middlemen, which are these big central banks, right, who take a transaction fee every time we make a transaction. And it profits the small group of wealthy men at the top. And so the whole desire of Web3 and decentralized blockchain technology is to create transparency, is to remove the necessity of a middleman because we have a blockchain, a, a accounting ledger that mm -hmm. can allow us to see transactions very clearly. Um, and so what this really is at a high level without getting into the technical details is, you know, you use the internet every day. You don't understand the code in the back end of, you know, how things are being transmitted across the internet, but you are using the internet. And that is considered web two, the current the current world in which we live. We have the Googles of the world who are taking all of our data, right? So they are that middleman who are who are still centralizing things. Um, and Facebook, Meta, which is still taking all of our data. That's a very web two way of doing it. There's one central big company. Um, and when we move into web three, we will not know that we are using Web3, but the underlying technology will be decentralized. And so there's a lot of really incredible founders, investors who are now in this space that are actually looking at the infrastructure part of it and building companies on that. For example, one of the companies that the Bad Bitch Empire Fund invests in is um, we are investing in a female founder who is building a video game company to democratize education via gaming on the blockchain. And so from the user perspective, they don't know that they are on Web3. They just are playing with it. And so imagine like Canva, you know, where we use the designs and that is built on the blockchain, for example. That's an example you wouldn't know as a user. So the reason why it's important for women to be a part of it and to build on this and to really start investing in this space is that this is the next wave of innovation. Just mm -hmm. like AI has been a part of the next wave of innovation. Back then, when you think of the investors who invested in Google and people were like, what is this thing? Mm -hmm. They didn't understand tech, right? But now those people who are investors are multimillionaires, if not billionaires. Where would you tell someone who just has like zero uh, knowledge of how it works? You know, when we're talking to women who are really looking to dive into something completely new as web three, what would you tell that person? Where would they start? Like what's, how did you even get involved? I should say that's really more my, my curiosity is what even brought you to that specific field now? Yeah. So when you think about Web3, a lot of people at the very basic level, they just say, oh, well, get a Coinbase account and invest in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't excite me. Um, I am not here to trade different coins and look at my computer screen. And I think a lot of women are not interested in like short term trading, right? Because we have big dreams. We have impact we want to make in the world. We have tangible things that we actually want to do. So 
the best way if is if you are interested in investing because being an investor is the easiest way to have skin in the game and start learning the best way to do that is actually why we set up the bad bitch empire fund and why we have the bad bitch investor bootcamp is you can apply on bad bitch empire and we have this fund that is investing in web three based companies like the one i just told you before and so as a member of the community you'll have access to talking to the CEO, right? Mm -hmm. She'll be sharing her vision of it. She'll be sharing how she's building the company, why she's building the company, why did she use Web3? And it brings it very tangibly in that way versus just being like, okay, go read a white paper or something. Right. Um, if you're not technical, you're not technical. And you know, I think some people say, oh, you can learn anything. Yeah, we can learn anything, but we also have limited amounts of time. So where do you want to put your money? Where do you want to put your time? And as I think if you are a woman who wants to build, who wants to build wealth for yourself, that the best way is to learn by listening to other women who are already doing it and then figure out if you want to be a entrepreneur, if you want to be an investor, or you just want to be a supporter and choose one of those roles. Well, thank you. So my next question is, what does it take to be a bad bitch? <laughs> well, I love this question. Well, I define a bad bitch as a woman who unapologetically takes charge of her body, her boundaries, and her bank account. And a bad bitch is a woman who knows what she wants and gets what she wants every single time. And it's also the type of woman who knows her worth. And I... I think about it like this, where we had this whole generation that was like, lean in, work harder, get a seat at the table. And I think that a bad bitch doesn't lean in, she leans the F back. Because if you don't see my value, I am not staying around trying to fight for you to see my value. I'm going to walk away because I always have options. And I mm -hmm. think optionality is power. And the more you believe in your worth, the more you realize there is never only one option. There is never only one opportunity. There is never only one man. There is never only, you know, one company that you can work at. Mm -hmm. The You are your most valuable asset. And that realization for me has been the most life-changing shift in perspective. Because again, good girl brainwashing trains us to feel like we owe people something or that we're not good enough and we have to prove our worth and value to people. And I did that for the majority of my life. And and even with gymnastics, if you think about that, that was the, the fundamental training ground where I learned that other people dictated my value. It was mm -hmm. literally a perfect 10 and, I, and you had to wear the perfect leotard, the perfect smile, the perfect makeup, the perfect toe point to hope that other people would give you a score that would dictate your value. So I had a lot of deep conditioning that I had to break free of and deprogram from. And we all, all women have that to an extent if you are living in this world society today. And it's, it is, like loving yourself and knowing your worth is in and of itself a rebellion. Mm -hmm. And when you know your worth, it is inevitable that you will have people who call you names. They're going to call you a bitch. They're going to call you selfish. They're going to call you cold. They're going to call you aggressive, all these things. And I found that the, when you know who you are, those comments just don't bounce matter. right off. Yeah. And it's like, whatever someone says to you is just a reflection 
of themselves. And the more and more you start to recognize that, the more you get, the less you get triggered by internet trolls and comments, you know, things that people will say to you. And I have gotten, you know, even with my brand, Bad Bitch Empire, which is that I entered into the space of investing and I come from Wall Street, right? All of these very institutional, male-dominated places. And I did get a lot of like negative comments from guys saying like, oh, with a name like that, none of these VCs are ever going to take you seriously. And um, like your your brand is evil because it says bad in it and is bitch. And I'm like, okay, guys, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, like if you don't get it, you don't get it. But um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage to go against the grain and to stand in your worth as a woman. But that's what a bad bitch does. Because when you embrace your power, you give other women the permission to do the same. So do you feel currently in 2023 that women overall are still considered unrepresented? Like there still needs to be this shift in entrepreneurship and just women even owning their power. Do you still see that um, in your day-to-day where women are just truly not understanding their own capabilities? Yeah, I mean, so there's a couple things that are happening. From a macro perspective, on the positive note, women do control 85% of all consumer spending. We are seeing over 40% of U.S. households where women are the primary breadwinner Um, Women do control 70% of household financial decisions. So it's that soft power Mm -hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, she's the one who's like, okay, we're going to buy this. Um, And we are seeing a lot more women becoming entrepreneurs. So women are actually becoming entrepreneurs at five times the national average um, as more and, and more of us are leaving these traditional systems that are not working for us and saying, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the biggest issue is still that only 2% of all funding goes to women and 0.2% to women of color. So just because we are building companies, we are not receiving the money that allows us to grow and scale at the rate that male-owned companies do. And I think that a lot of conversation ends up being about the issue. Mm-hmm. Like we know that women are struggling to get funding. And the proposed solutions, I think, are very surface level. Mm-hmm. Like we, oh, we just need um, we need more female founders. We need to educate them more. And I think fundamentally everything comes down to your own perception of yourself. And I don't think women recognize how powerful we are individually or as a collective. And there is still residual brainwashing from, I would say, you know, the previous generation of women, which grew up very competitive, right? Very zero sum. There's only room for one woman at the table. I think luckily with Gen Z and millennial, there's a lot more of this shift where it's just like, it's just not cool, guys. It's just yeah. not cool if you're competitive. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot less ego about that, even though we tend to be a lot more like out there influencing all these things. Um, but I think 
it is a constant work in progress every single day to remember your own power and assert that unapologetically because everything in this world works to diminish your power as a woman. Mm -hmm. Every single piece of content and media and walking out on the street, um, walking into corporate buildings, men on the street, like it's just, it's very, very tough. And so, um, one thing that I think is really powerful for women to tap into that I tapped into a while back uh, is the emotion of anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there there's that the reason that quote exists: "Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned." Mm-hmm. And you know, when you think about, just like imagine those greek goddess you know stories where the woman gets so effing pissed and then like the whole storm you know it's like flooded like she mother nature gets so angry that she she literally can demolish a whole civilization and it's the reason why it's mother nature and when a woman is truly angry like get out of her way right when she's unleashed yes we are not unleashed, right? We are still in this, especially now we feel watched. You have to be a certain type of woman on LinkedIn. You have to be appropriate on Instagram. You have to, and then we do, we look down upon women who show their sexuality, who show their emotion. Like if you're, if you show your sexuality, you're a slut. If you show your strength and anger, you're a bitch. It's like, all of these words are weaponizing our power against us. And that's part of why I chose the word bitch, because language has weight. And so bitch effectively connotates a woman who has strong opinions, stands her boundaries, is unwilling to take bullshit, and is aggressive with what she wants. And mm-hmm. that's a powerful woman. But then you use the word bitch to weaponize her power against her. And now you have all these women who are afraid of being called bitches who say, is it okay? Like, if I am I allowed to say bad bitch? I'm like, yeah, you're allowed to say whatever you want. <laughs> are you, yeah. if you're not hurting someone, yeah. then it doesn't matter because you're doing it to empower. And so it takes a lot, it's, it takes a lot of courage to be angry. And for women to finally, and I write about this in my book, it's like, like wake up at how ridiculous it is that we are 50% of the population and of the $107 trillion of assets under management, women manage 1%. And, and it's almost like we've gotten numb to these statistics that we're like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. We just get 2% of funding. We just manage like 1% of the trillion, hundreds of trillions of dollars in the system. And it is going to take sort of this collective waking up and unleashing. And I really hope with my book, The Bad Bitch Business Bible, and with what I'm building in The Bad Bitch Empire over this next year, that there is going to be that opportunity for women to have that space to feel the full range of emotions that women can feel that is going to unleash our power in a way that the world has never seen before. And I was always told, you know, try harder than her, do better than her, But in my heart of hearts, I always believed we should be on the same team. We should be working together. We should be that collective, collaborative field. It's just something that I've always carried with me. But I'm not the rule of thumb for all women in that generation. And so then you have what you talk about, the millennials mixed with like my generation. And it's like, they don't know what to do. 
you know, like we, we work with hundreds of thousands of women on a daily basis and they're coaches, they're, they're in finance, they're in all these different things. But as soon as they hear, oh, you're in that business too, it's like their guard goes up. They, they don't want to share. They don't want to mastermind together. And I'm like, why, why wouldn't you want to collaborate? Why wouldn't you want to focus and build a bigger empire for all women to be a part of that you know that's and it comes from that mentality that you're talking about of that competition so i'm saying ditch the competition if you want to compete compete with yourself that's what i think wake up the next day and do something more than you did the day before for you because at the end of the day all of this is for us whatever we do whatever you do it's it's it starts here it starts with us first and then like you said you're paying it forward. You're you're releasing these gifts to the world to help other women. So I I love it. I'm I'm like hyped up right now. I feel like I just uh, <laughs> I had boot camp with you. So let's talk about that. So bad bitch empire. Um, when did you form? So it was officially incorporated in 2022, but I think that the reality is it's been a lifetime of work. <laughs> um, I, I feel like this is my lifelong mission and it's, if it hadn't been this brand, it was another brand. But I think that, um, the, I remember the first day that I launched Bad Bitch Empire into the world and it was during the Bitcoin conference and we had our big launch party and there was a, a headline that said bad bitch empire crashes the crypto boys club and launches at the bitcoin conference oh. and i remember how scared i was to officially announce it because i thought what are people gonna think about me are they gonna think this is off brand like i spent so long being a nice you know a nice polite woman who is very educated and well-spoken and now I'm going to come out with this like bad bitch empire brand. <laughs> and I got, and I definitely had people say to me like, oh, when you put that out on Instagram, like I thought that was so not you. And um, it, it is a, I mean, it's the, the, it, the tagline is unapologetic worth and wealth for women. And we are a global investment collective and platform helping women uh, our goal is to get at least a million women investing in the next billion dollar companies together and to train women on their relationship to self, their relationship to money, getting them to invest in companies that actually align with their values in more female founders. And so um, it is, it's, it's been a, a wild ride to date, but it's one thing I can say is that the women who are attracted to the bad bitch empire, um, come in because they're searching for that bad bitch within themselves yeah. to unleash it. You know, it's, of course, it's about money and investing and power and respect and all these things, but it's that intangible thing of, man, I just want to feel mm -hmm. free and powerful. And I don't know how to do that. And there's no instruction manuals on how to do that. So to date, I really focused more on the investing side. But what you can look forward to in this next year is I'm building out, especially as the book is released, um, to bring in a lot more content that is around the unleashing of your inner bad bitch, because that's the part where I think is really going to create this uh, awakening in the world. So 
when can we expect this book to drop? Uh, well, you can go to badbitchempire.com and get the Bad Bitch Business Bible uh, on pre-order right now. So that's your first step for joining the empire. Um, it's the 10 commandments to breaking free of good girl brainwashing and taking charge of your body, boundaries, and bank account. And so it really is a invaluable resource where I share really all of my good girl mistakes throughout my career and looking back what I would have done as a bad bitch. I share case studies from my coaching clients and just no bullshit tactics on how to deal with everything from uh, negotiations to inappropriate mentors to um, how to take up space when you're diminished or mansplainers, manterrupters, bro appropriators, <laughs> and um, and then of course how to think about your money and make your first investment. Um, how to think about like a lot of the kind of initial knowledge around becoming an angel investor, you know, becoming a venture capitalist. These mm -hmm. days, every woman will have the opportunity to make investments into companies and leaders that she cares about. And it talks about your innate strengths as a female investor as well. So go to badbitchempire.com and you can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, you, where you, if you go to bookshop, you can get a discount for supporting local bookstores. So yeah, um, really excited to go well, go ahead and order that, and then you'll you'll first step into the bad bitch empire, and then it officially drops. You'll receive it in September. When you are going through all these different things, and and everything is so exciting, it's grand. You know, your your dreams are becoming a reality. Um, how do you take care of you? What is some of the forms of self-love and self-care that you do? Because you are a busy woman. So what, is, what does that look like for you? Yeah, well, my one thing that I do on a consistent basis is I work out every day. Um, and I have begun to subscribe to the idea of being 1% better every day because I have noticed that you know, I've achieved a lot and I set big goals for myself and I have been trained as many of us have been trained to anchor on the outcomes. Mm -hmm. I've also had experiences where my, the outcome that I desired did not happen and how soul crushing that can be, especially if you anchor your self-worth on that and all of your effort. And then you say, oh, if I didn't achieve that, well, it was all worth nothing. Um, and I, I think it's really learning how to love the process and learn the process of getting better. Um, and so, you know, of course I want a lot of things still, like I want our Bad Bitch Empire Fund to be really successful. I want the book to be really successful. I want all of these things, but I know that those things aren't the the thing that ultimately will make me the happiest. And so I work out, try to eat healthy. Um, you know, I have my smoothies every day. Um, I do love going out to eat <laughs> at nice restaurants. That is how I spoil myself. I don't I don't spend a lot of money on like any like clothes or all that much stuff. Like I have my capsule wardrobe, which made me really happy to have a routine. Um, but I love being taken out to nice restaurants, nice cocktails. Um, and that is how I treat myself uh, and have like a really, really good. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on Rise today and sharing your knowledge and just the experiences that you have gone through. 
it's such an incredible journey and you have so much more ahead of you. I mean, you're so young and the sky is not the limit for you or any other one. You know, the limit is what we put on ourselves. So I feel like what an incredible um, example you are to women. And I'm very excited to get my hands on the book and we will definitely um, share it and, and support your your dreams and congratulations to you. And thank you for being on the rise today. Thank Everyone, you. this is Lisa Carmen <laughs> Wang from Bad Bitch Empire. And she is just that. Bad bitch. <laughs> thank congratulations. You so thank you. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.